So I thought that in light of the, the start of the baseball season, and with that being our, our first topic this evening, I would ask you a baseball-related question. Is, is that okay? Of course. Okay. So you know with the Giants, and I assume other teams do this too, each of the players gets to pick a song when they come up to the plate to bat. And this is a song that I guess some of them use it as a way to, I think, pump themselves up, as you would say. And then others, I think it's just sort of like a, I don't know, a, a favorite song, I suppose. But so my question to you is, what, what would your song be? And kind of what, I, well, I guess this will reveal itself in your answer, but kind of what, what direction would you go with that song? So I did not know this was a thing. And I still, I'm still not sure that you're telling me the honest truth. I don't know if this is. Oh, I absolutely am. You, you've been to plenty of Giants games. You should have noticed this by. No, uh, but I didn't. I didn't know or think that it was a player choice. Oh, very much so. Yes. So, do we honestly think that Yasiel Puig chose "Shake It Off" by Taylor Swift? Oh, we do. Yes, yes, we do. Like that's on the record. Um, I, I, I don't know if if, if there's a record of this, but I, I yes, that, that that is what happens. No, I know that's what happens, but again, what is the confidence level that we have that he chose that? Uh, but 90, 90 plus percent. Hmm. That's a really hard question. I'm not, not going to think of that because this is going to this is going to define my whole entire existence. Because if I choose a lame song, I mean, this is what you get for letting me start the show. I mean, this is this is your own fault. Well, yeah, and you started the the show with so, so something that something that you berate me for. Uh, endlessly maybe i will we'll maybe edit that out we'll, we'll i don't think you can because it's gonna, it's gonna <laughs> sound really strange if you cut it out oh yeah you're starting mid-sentence right um it's got to be a pitbull song oh no it doesn't he's the absolute worst he I'm is sorry. yeah i we, what, are you, we, what are you talking about you love him you love mr 305 that, that's not true you Spe- speaking of things that are not on the record no you you've like uh on the record, in the past, you've said that you you are very proud of how Dade County raised him. I no, you understand that lyric though. I, yeah, I guess. Um, I'm going to pass on this because this is this is too. You, you know that that's that's not an option. I don't have anything, man. <laughs> you you got to have something. Like, can you give me a like give me an artificial limit? This is like it. It had to have been from this period. Just so that way I can have an out. Well, so I the direction that I would take it, maybe I can start and that'll okay. inspire an answer from you. I, I would probably go in the direction of a song that's going to get me going to get me fired up. All right. So one of Sugar Ray's greatest hits. Well, so I thought of that. So I thought of Fly. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard you laugh like that before. Because um, it's it's. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's three different emotions of disappointed. <laughs> um, but I, that, that's too, it's too mellow. That doesn't quite achieve what I'm looking to achieve. Um, so I, I was thinking I might go with something like, uh, tonight's going to be a good night. You know what I'm talking about? But the, the Black Eyed Peas. That was always kind of the song in college that you'd listen to before. I can't take you anywhere. <laughs> Sorry, what? Please uh, continue. Uh, no, so I think I think I think that would be my the song call. You 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 left a very important sentence not finished. Oh, like well before like a, a night out in college. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Do you do you do you, hmm. do you generally have a favorable opinion of the Black Eyed Peas? No, not really. But that's, okay, that's that the part that's throwing is, me. Yeah, that song is catchy. Because hmm. Will I Am is part of the worst Kesha song ever known to man. Yeah. Hmm. See, like for you, I would picture something along the lines of a Taylor Swift song. But things I can't say that in case I have a run for office later. Because in my oh, campaign oh, sure, song, sure you can. Because sure my campaign can. song is going to be whatever that song is, <laughs> and it can't be that. Like is, Bull, is, Bill is Clinton that... had, "Don't Stop Believing." If I have Taylor Swift's, uh, um. <laughs> I'm not even going to entertain it. So, is is this something that you aspire to do? Run for political office? I, I I've still got uh, one third of my life ahead of me. I'm not going to roll it out. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Going back to to an old theme of this show. Yeah, it's it's starting startlingly a recurring topic on this show. I got nothing, man. That's that's really that's a really hard question. That's like saying, uh, what what what's just what's your favorite song in the world? No, not really. It doesn't have to be your favorite song. It just has to be the song that's right for okay. that moment. So here, here's what I'm gonna do. You can buy me some time, but I'm gonna go into iTunes and I'm gonna look at my most played songs ever. I see. I think that's a good place to start. And, um, and if it's can embarrassing, you, well, I'm so not here, gonna talk about so it. So let's maybe let's start with the second part of my original question. So I, I kind of asked the question in the wrong order, but maybe we'll edit that together too. What 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 direction would you go with this? Would you do you think this is something that would get you get you fired up, or would, would you maybe go for comedic effect, which I get the sense that maybe some of the players do? I I, I don't think I would again it, because one I don't have talent, it, it, like I don't have athletic talent. Sorry, clarifying that. It's just hmm, that's that's really tricky. Because you can't go like too ha funny with this unless you're a, like a big personality or somebody who, whose talent speaks for itself. Well, let's pretend that you are. Let's pretend that you're, you know, you're a Buster Posey esque figure on the team. Man, the, <laughs> this shows that I've transitioned mostly to streaming services. Is that my top fifty most played in iTunes are not songs I've listened to in a very long time. Hmm. Hmm. Hey, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and one of the hosts mentioned that they reformatted Windows over the weekend. Uh, and one of the things that they had tried to do was export all their iTunes information so that they could then just you know simply re-import it back, which they did, and it was a successful process. But they made the mistake of assuming that your song ratings and like play counts and everything would come over during that process. They do. Well, maybe they're supposed to, but for him, they didn't. Maybe he did something wrong. Because that's um, one thing that iTunes Match, if you can still find a way to subscribe to it without subscribing to Apple Music, does. And if you copy the the uh, iTunes library folder with the ITL file, it it does. That's kind of what I figured. So maybe he might have done something wrong, and he acknowledged he might have done something wrong. But the point is that whereas in the past, in sort of the pre-streaming music world, that type of information really was kind of the way that you organized music and yeah. so it would have been a really big deal had you lost that data but i mean now i i don't even i don't really listen to music in itunes so i would i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't even bother backing up any itunes data when reformatting a computer well hold on you, you say you don't listen to any music in itunes so i'm sorry what streaming service do you use 
well, I, I, I do listen to music in iTunes, but not, not in the way that you're thinking. I generally don't know what you mean right now. I, 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 I use Apple Music for on-demand streaming, but I, it, it But you don't ever do the thing where you add it to your library? Like, no. how do you find music again? I just search You search for, for it every time? Yeah. Hmm. It's not that hard. All right. I'm going to take a total... I'm, I'm just going to not answer your question, but the one uh, concession I'll make is that I'll admit that there is a Flow Rida song in my top 50, and now I'm very disappointed in myself. Okay. Well, now we'll, we'll take that as your answer. Which one no. is it? No. Uh, so Ikea, <laughs> this is, this is, we got to start this over. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll cut all this out. <laughs> yeah. None of these speak, this, this is all like high school and early college stuff. No. Also, it's skipping is, all this. Is that the direction you would take it? No, not at all. But again, this, this is an, this is an on the record, like the, all of these episodes go straight to the library of Congress mm-hmm. and archive.org and they, they back them up three times. That's right. So <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. That's gonna. Um, now you would never say anything self-incriminating on this show. It's not not your style. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of not listening to these. Is I don't know <laughs> the um, things I'm gonna regret that I say on these things. That's right. All right. Well, I'm very glad that you uh, can uh, use the Black Eyed Peas to pump yourself up on your uh, going out nights. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, these are uh, nights that are now long behind me but hmm so baseball yeah um baseball's back as of monday yes pretty good um i do you have anything with this um because i have some questions i no. i mean I, I guess i'm just gonna answer your questions so this is more of like an abstract sports question but it's something i've been asking myself more since i've 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 enjoyed the giants for probably off and on the past 15 years but it's been it's became kind of like a full-time like all on board thing maybe a couple years before i moved up here so maybe the past uh, seven or eight years i guess my question is what um how how devoted do you become to like a team brand in the sense that like as players that you identify as being part of the team just kind of fade away and the team doesn't resemble what you used to know like, how does that factor in for you? Because you've probably seen a couple of transitions, like with the Lakers and the Angels and stuff. Yeah, I do you think. Know, do you it, know what I mean? I know, I totally do. And I mean, it's an interesting question to ask in light of Kobe retiring this year, because the two examples that you used are, are good ones for me the Angels and the Lakers, where with the Lakers, obviously many players have come and gone, but really the, you know, rock of that team's been Kobe basically the entire time I've I've followed them. Um whereas with the Angels, I mean that that team is there really hasn't been that equivalent player. Not that there's really an equivalent player like Kobe across really any of the major sports, at least in the last decade or so. So um, it, it, I think well, the Yankees have had some really long term players. True. So like Derek Jeter would be a good example of someone like that. In fact, yeah, no, I think that would probably be the best example in baseball in recent memory. Commitment to one team like that is really what I'm referring to. Not necessarily even their skill level, but just playing with one team as long as... Just being a fixture of a team for like a decade. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, it, it definitely does 
change how you view those teams because I, I do feel like in the last handful of years I have you know maybe even going back longer than that actually kind of lost touch with the Angels some it's definitely still follow them definitely would still consider them my favorite team but not having any of the players there anymore that I grew up with definitely does change how close I feel to the team Okay, because that's that's kind of where I'm going with the Giants in that they've from 2009 or like the 2010, like the big season. There's not a lot of people on the team except for a couple of faces that are still there in the regular rotation, either regular rotation, either due to injuries or salary things or just kind of lack of performance. Like some of the the big names have moved on, and luckily we kind of the Pablo Sandoval is now the Red Sox problem. But like the, we've made a lot of good acquisitions in the off season. But the 2016 Giants don't really uh, look like the 2014 Giants much. Yes and no. I think Buster Posey has the potential to be kind of that Kobe or Derek Jeter like figure for this team for a long time. Well, sure, but I mean everybody that rounds that out. Like Matt Cain really isn't in the regular rotation anymore. Linscombe's gone. Uh, a whole bunch of the other people are out. A lot of the people that were kind of critical to the 2014 success just kind of faded away and went to other teams. Well, I mean, like Hunter Pence is still around. Of course. But again, that, that, like, that's four people. Uh, well, Panicked Heck, was involved kind of later in that year. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're up to three. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, and then you, you got like Belt and Pagan that kind of come back and, and go back and forth with injuries. So I don't know, they've, they've made a lot of good acquisitions, but like it just doesn't really seem like the same team, which I don't mind, but I've always, I don't know, I've been wondering about kind of like people who just have like, um, like let's say like, let's pretend you're 50 and you've maybe enjoyed the same team for 30 years. Like, is your allegiance to the team and what you've watched in the past or like the players? Yeah, that's a, that's a tricky thing. I, I, I do feel like I have allegiance to players, but like, I, I don't think I would ever root for a former player of my favorite team on their new team just because you know that person's now on that team like I wouldn't you know in an in an alternate universe where Kobe did follow through on his trade demands in the mid 2000s and he, had he gone to the Clippers or anywhere else I I wouldn't have become a fan of that team that makes sense yeah, so I'm 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 feeling it out. Hopefully, we have a good season this year. But I'm I'm very glad that baseball's back. So tired about hearing about college basketball. Glad that's over. Yeah, the the tournament's fun. I I would admit to not being a big college basketball fan, but I do enjoy the tournament. But hmm, I guess this is, I I don't understand why because it seems like something where there are so many teams and schools where I don't think anybody can legitimately claim to be a fan or understand like the broad spectrum of like the whole entire uh not league but like the the system all of NCAA basketball and it seems like something that's just mainly popular for betting purposes which rather than the love of the sport no I say I disagree with that I don't think it's 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 not about any of that and you don't need to understand any of that in order to enjoy it it comes down to a very simple idea, which is win or go home. It's single elimination. And that's 
you know, the, the, the NFL playoffs are like that, but it's much fewer teams and games. But what I'm saying with so many teams, there's no commit, like there's no real commitment to who's playing. You just have this vague notion. Like, could you name anybody that's, that's on like the fourth, the whoever placed fourth? A lot. No, but a lot of people have their alma mater and that's a big, that's a big draw. You and I don't really have that. Yeah, UCSB was in it last year, like <laughs> a sort of like until round sixteen or or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, well, but I mean, we don't have a team that's competitive in the tournament. Sure, but again, like uh, people are just like when they're filling out their brackets or whatever, they're just naming schools that they they don't they couldn't name a single player on. Sure, but I mean, people do that with you know fantasy sports and. I think baseball, at least you probably know one. Well, actually, we'll talk about this in a minute, but you probably know at least one player on every team, sort of, probably. Yeah, I mean, I probably do, but that's because I'm a general sports fan. But that's what I'm saying. You're not, well, other, well, certain people do, but I mean, you're not picking, you're not filling out a, a March Madness bracket if you don't care about sports at all, except I know that some people do because it's just this cultural thing, which is, again, my, why I have a knock against it because it's, popular mainly for betting purposes Eh, i mean i i guess but like the whole bracket thing doesn't necessarily need to be where you're putting down a bunch of money like in my case we had an office pool there was no money involved but there was a prize at the end and it was fun and i had did the prize have monetary value yes it was like it was like it was like a gift card and i had i had unc did have money involved well but i'm saying you didn't have to pay money so where did it come it, from? It came from the company. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think you're being too cynical about that. Okay. But you just you hate you hate sports, so No, I, mean, I don't. I do don't, not do? at all. I mean, it's your words, not mine. No, it's just like in the same way to bring it back to technology. Like, do you ever get uh, a no- like? Remember when? Uh, so, remember far uh, far two weeks ago <laughs> when like every everybody in the world had an opinion on Apple and encryption when most people don't know a damn thing about it. That, for me, is the equivalent of college basketball. A bunch of people having an opinion on something that they don't really have any business having an opinion on. I don't know if and, people... And picking, and picking sides on things that just... I don't know if people kind of haphazardly filling out a bracket necessarily means they have an opinion on it. It's, it's, a, strain, it's a strained analogy, but I, I'm trying to make my point. I, I, think, I, think, your, I think your frustration over the NCAA tournament is, is misplaced. I think if you want to be upset about the NCAA tournament, you can be upset about the way that the NCAA is run and the way that the student athletes are treated. That's something that I can get behind, but yeah, they, they don't need to. Get, they're getting an education. <laughs> sorry that that is that is pure trolling. I'm sorry, yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if that's really within the purview of this of this show, but <laughs> we're moving right along. Yeah. And then my, my final thing on sports was uh, I had a question, like. How you seem like you know uh, a, a lot about the NBA. Would you say that's true? I, I would say of the four major sports here in the U.S., that is the sport that I know the most about, yes. And you don't feel that way about baseball? No, I, I would say that I used to when I was a kid, a young, a young kid, but in the last decade or so, no. Okay, because I'm, I'm not really sure where I'm going here, but I've had the, kind of the vague thought that I, I don't think I know... Like there's a lot of teams in Major League Base. Like I I don't know enough about player movement and kind of like just baseball as like a nationwide organization. I think I just focus on a couple of main teams that I'm interested in, and I'm not sure that really gives me like the whole picture. 
And I've wondered how you stay up with kind of all of professional basketball as like a an entity rather than just specific teams. Hmm. Like how does that work? Because like ESPN and that kind of stuff, like if if you watch ESPN, you would you would think that there's only one team in basketball, which is the Warriors. Cuz they they don't go for like balanced coverage. They go for whatever's popular. So so how do you get that balanced view? Uh well, I mean, so I do really enjoy the sport. So even though the Lakers are my favorite team, basketball is basketball is really well. I guess I would put football in this category too, where I no matter who's playing, I just enjoy watching the game. Whereas like with baseball, if it's not the Giants or the Angels, I'm I'm not gonna watch. So you're not tuning into the White Sox and the A's. No. Okay. And so with basketball, I have league pass, so that that gives me the ability to watch any game that I want to. Plus. Even if I didn't have League Pass, there's enough variety with the nationally televised games between ABC, ESPN, and TNT that you're going to have access to pretty much all the good matchups anyway. Sorry, super super quick interruption. TNT blacks out NBA games online. Don't don't they have some kind of? It's like called TNT Overtime or something. Like I was trying to watch the end of the Warriors game through my uh, Comcast on-demand streaming thing, and it was blacked out. Kind of mm. lame. Anyway, sorry. Please continue. I guess I, I guess I haven't tried with the Warriors up here. Yeah. Um, but so you know that that's the league pass, and then just the general variety of nationally televised games is good. And then also there are really good you know NBA specific sites out there. The best of which is HoopsHype.com. And so you know checking that once a day, once every other day for what the latest news is. Another you know another good source. And tw- and Twitter too, and following you know following a bunch of different NBA writers on Twitter. Yeah, I find sports Twitter hard to to deal with. Like, there's a couple. I found a couple of good um, baseball writers and things I enjoy, but it, I don't know. There's too much uh, crosstalk with football, which which makes me unfollow a lot of people. Yeah, there there's some cross sports stuff, and then also you have to be careful with the team specific writers. A lot of them will live tweet every game, which you know. A lot, a lot of the Laker beat writers do that, and it's, it's. Yeah, I, I don't need to. I don't need. Well, to is, is it is it spoilers or so that it's overwhelming? Both, both. So you're somebody who will try to avoid a score to watch it at home. It's, it's sometimes, yeah. Okay, L- less so with the Lakers this season. But. <laughs> Just statistically, you could probably think, hmm, probably lost. Cer- <laughs> right, certainly during the playoffs, like when, when the Lakers once upon a time were a good team. And were consistently making the playoffs and you know winning NBA titles. I would watch the games usually on a delay, and so I would avoid the score. Okay. All right. So I'll try to find some stuff for baseball and see if there's a good balanced review. I, I five thirty eight did a couple uh, did a lot of good um, preseason kind of scouting stuff that that was useful, but I want to find more. All right. Well, what's next? Uh, you're the boss. Oh, well, I mean, you you're you're the one who came prepared with the outline. I ju- I just threw again. I was I was I was bored at work, so I threw I threw together <laughs> what, what we had in, had in the uh, in our sparse collection. So, uh, well, actually, the biggest th- actually, I'm I'm going to jump in. So, we'll talk about VR. Unfortunately, this episode, I, I know people are probably dying. It, it really has become the Uber of of the show. It's it's the worst, and but. <laughs> So, but this this um, uh, there's a new there, there's a new synergy with with something that I love. So apparently, IKEA has chosen 
HTC as their uh, preferred uh, virtual reality partner. What what is this? Oh, I think because of the way that they they I think they incorporate the hand controller somehow, and then the Oculus doesn't yet have those. I I think that's kind of why they they went that way. So are you building like a virtual jock mock, or what's the deal? Uh, you know, I, I it wasn't clear to me. I, I guess you could kind of make some customizations to the spaces that you were walking around in. I think that was the other piece too, is that because the HTC Vive has the room sensing functionality, it also senses your movement through a space. But how does it how does it prevent you from walking into the walls of your own space? Like legitimate question. Well, they, so with the HTC Vive, so we, we should say that this came out uh, yesterday, uh, April 5th, and a bunch of the reviews came out, and quite a few of them walked through the process of setting up one of these things. So what you do is set up sensors in your space, and I, I think the way that it works is you have a, you're supposed to have kind of a rectangular space, and you set up two sensors on opposite corners. And what those sensors do is sense how large the space is. And I guess actually one of the funny things is that there are there's a minimum space requirement for the unit in general, and then specific pieces of software can have their own requirements, which can be more than the minimum requirement. So it's a no studio apartment, people. Right. That's so I mean, you, up. you think you think about. The requirements on a game, especially on the PC side, you're used to, okay, you need this certain processor, you need this certain GPU, and then now it's, oh, you, <laughs> you need, need this it. much ex- like disposable income for housing? Right, exactly. And so through that process, it, 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 by setting up those sensors, it, it can detect the size of the space, and then you also, I guess, with the headset on, walk around the space, and it, it basically kind of virtualizes the area that you're in so it knows where like the walls are and stuff um and then somehow i mean it probably varies from game to game but it it then leverages that knowledge of the space to then i don't know maybe bring bring up some type of warning or something to that effect if you're about to run into something the future it it could be because I live in a studio apartment and it just it's just not something that um, I, 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 I can do. But even if I was in a bigger space, I I don't know that the whole room stuff just doesn't really appeal to me, which I think is why I kind of went, you know, b- between deciding or deciding between rather an, a Vive and an Oculus. I, I went with an Oculus. Well, maybe you can shed some light on this for me because what, what's the deal with HoloLens? What is that? Is that more of a computing platform thing or is that uh, a a game first type thing or is that just a prototype? What's what's its deal? Well, it, it is just a prototype and HoloLens is augmented reality, not virtual reality, which really is a big difference because virtual reality is taking you completely out of your environment, whereas augmented reality is really just adding on to your existing environment. And most of the applications that Microsoft's demoed so far have been non-gaming related. There, there have been a couple. There was a Minecraft demo that they did on one of their stage presentations. They were also demoing some type of Halo thing, and and not on stage, but in some press briefings they did at at an event a while back. But most of the demos that they've focused on, I think, have been like PC related, kind of like Minority Report UI type 
setups. Hmm. Okay. And doing more research on this, apparently the IKEA thing is a uh, a VR kitchen showroom, and it has uh, four and a half stars on um, <laughs> the Steam store. Yes. All right. So let's. Hmm. I, I when I brought that topic up, I think I interrupted you when you were going to say something else, or you're going to move to something else. Um. I mean, no. We'll we'll probably will have edited that out, and so the listeners wouldn't have even known uh, there was a an interruption there. Okay, well, I'll, I'll let you pick uh, pick our adventure. Well, I have just a, a side little question. This, this isn't on the outline, so you'll have to you know, forgive me for bringing this up. But the... I am not that prepared. <laughs> the the screenshot here of the outline, what, what application is this? Oh, this is Omni Outliner. It's great. Hmm. Again, I'm a big... I've told you I've been uh, extolling the praises of uh, the Omni Group forever. But yeah, Omni Outliner. It's, it's fantastic. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks very nice. Yeah, it's good. And it uh, even though it's Mac only, um, there's also an iOS uh, client on it, which I don't like as much. Uh, it spits it out into almost any format in the world, whether it's a CSV file, uh, a Microsoft Word outline, PDF, XML. Um, it's very easy to get the data in the format that you want. But it's a good native Mac app that's uh, absolutely tremendous. Like I was able to make my outline, have some notes in there, and then collapse everything very easily so that you don't see all the stuff that I have kind of tucked away underneath. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I like the look of this a lot. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Um, okay, so the next thing you've got on the list here is Mac Backup Solutions. Well, this was mainly you, and this is, mainly, this is going to be a lot of me uh, shaming myself. But you had asked, oh, you were looking at like Crush, uh, I think Crash Plan and what's uh, Backblaze or something. And you were asking what I did for online backup, and I didn't have a very good answer. Yeah, so the, the context of my question, and it, it's been almost like deja vu because Jason Snell, I think on an episode of Upgrade, talked about having this experience um, where he was a Crash Plan user. And, you know, the problem with Crash Plan is it's not a native Mac app, it runs, I think, in Java. Yeah, and it's it's pretty crummy. But I even at the time he had told the story a few months back, it hadn't really been causing me any trouble, and I I had already gone through the painful process of doing that big initial upload, and you know just in general it was working pretty well for me. But I went to check on it at the end of uh, last weekend, and it hadn't backed up in something like two months, <laughs> which you know shame on me for not checking it. <laughs> you know more shame often. on it for not giving you uh, letting you know yeah well, I, well hold on no 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 like i remember when i used to have crash plan and for some reason it broke or i did something to it it emailed you saying that you haven't backed up in four I weeks i think it i think it might have it might have been sending me an email but that's email's not the best way to 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 reach me it should snap you or snapchat you maybe yeah maybe that would be a send you way. a vine right i mean it should just give me a notification on the computer That'd be a start. It probably did. It may be. But, you know, Jason's punchline of his story was that it really only takes one fault like that to really lose a lot of trust in a piece of software, especially one as important as a backup platform. What was his example again? Or was it the same thing? It was crash plan, yeah. What, What happened to him? Well, I think he ended up well, it was, just, it was the same kind of thing where it, it, it wasn't backing up. Okay. And so 
I think I'm going to switch over to Backblaze. The, the, the part that kind of stinks is that initial upload process, but... Yeah, whatever. But whatever. It, it seems like a much better app. It seems to be universally liked amongst, you know, the tech people's opinions who I respect. So, but yeah, you're, so I, you know, it, it, when I was looking at Backblaze, I wanted to ask to see if you were using that or maybe using something else. And your answer was shocking, horrifying. I mean, it was, it was very, it was very disturbing. I, I, I just use Dropbox, ex- sort of. So I used to use CrashPlan for a while, and then it expired. And then I was like, eh, $60 a year, no. Because I never really liked it, even though it's an app that I never had to use because I never had a data loss issue because I am proactive with that type of thing. But I've been using like Dropbox Pro for like a decade or whatever. So I, I just, I think... Um, I told you about this. I'm not sure when it happened, but I started using um, Dropbox almost exclusively as my home folder. So in the sense that almost everything on my Mac except my iCloud photo library and my iTunes library all lives in Dropbox. So in that sense, if something happened to my computer or computers, and if it happened to both of them, then I think I'm really in trouble. Like there's almost nothing I would lose. And I can do a remote wipe through Dropbox if I had to, if somebody somehow got through my encrypted computer and a strong password. Like, I just think that seems fairly, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's, it's fairly sound. And in terms of like, what if I need my data right now or something happens and all my accounts are compromised? Well, I still do quarterly, um, uh, super duper, uh, physical, uh, drive clones. So I don't know. I th- I I think that a backblaze, a backblaze or crash plan seems just a little bit redundant for me because I'm all in on Dropbox. I and I I love Dropbox. I obviously use it every day, but I just I've never viewed it as a backup tool. How not? Because it does versioning, and like, how is it not? I'm I'm not saying it's not. I'm just oh, no, saying but what, it's... what what. Uh, it but sounds like you've maybe thought about it slightly. So no, I, no what I'm saying is that I, I haven't ever thought of it as a backup. Okay. Platform. Hmm. Yeah. I I, I think I think it it qualifies. I, I guess, but hmm. So again, I still have the I still have like physical backup drives, and I also have two computers. So if my laptop was stolen because I have Dropbox, it would all. Like even if I lost internet connection, it would all be on my Mac, and I could make a copy of it really easily. And you have what one terabyte of storage? Mm-hmm. I think my Dropbox folder is. Let me see. It is five point six percent used, so I'm using fifty six gigabytes of it. Hmm. How much does that cost? It's ten bucks a month. Hmm. Okay. I mean, I think I think it works because are you still on the Dropbox free tier? Yeah, I am. How, um, yeah, that, that, yeah, because even when you do all their, like, uh, here's how you get more free data or whatever, like, if, if three, uh, three gigs must be, do you never have any issues, uh, living within that? No. Mm-mm. Hmm. I have five, 5.2 gigabytes on Dropbox. Interesting. And I'm using 7.7 of it. 7, 7.7%. I'm bad at math. How, uh, is that like 200 megabytes? How, how would, <laughs> Something like that. 5.1 times 
you said 7%? 7%, yeah. That's 350 megabytes. How on earth is that possible? I mean, all do you it just is, keep? Do you just keep nothing in it? it I keep I keep all, all of my documents in it. Hmm. I, I live a very simple lifestyle, Carlos. <laughs> you, you keep one copy, one one emergency copy of uh, "It's Gonna Be a Good Night" by the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> right. Uh huh. Like four pictures of Kobe. Right. And That's uh, right. What, what, what more do you need? <laughs> no, I mean, there's just it's just I don't know. It's documents and spreadsheets, all of which don't take up very much space. Hmm. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. Glad it works for you. But yeah, uh, uh, Crash Plan has been always been. It's been fine for me. Everybody seems to think highly of Backblaze. I, the, honestly, the reason I don't use it, or I did, I chose Crash Plan over it, is I just never liked their visual aesthetic. Like it always looked like a Windows application, even though it's more native than Crash Plan. But no, I've got no reason to dislike them, and everybody uh, that I trust likes it. So yeah, um, that's probably a smart pick. Well, so I guess to also more seriously answer your question, I also don't use Dropbox for backup. So, like, I think on my Crash Plan backup, I think I think on that account, I've got something like three hundred and fifty gigabytes of data. Because that has all your all your media in it. That's right. Yeah, I mean, and I think an overwhelming majority of that is all the files related to the show. Because I keep all of the raw audio files. The um, logic file so i mean e- each one of these shows ends up being something like five six gigabytes of data well that can't be true because five times 75 is so that's all 375 gigabytes uh, maybe yeah maybe maybe it's less than that thing because a, a lot of the other um a lot of the other uh, another big piece of that is like photos I've, I've got 10 or 15 gigabytes of photos how do I check how big my iCloud photo library is? Do you use iCloud photo library? Yeah, I do, but I I really only use it for photos that I've taken on my iPhone. So that's so I'm using 33 gigs of that. So no, that is one thing that I've I've always not struggled with, but I've always wondered is that I use Lightroom and all of the photos that I get out of uh, my fancy camera go because uh, my Lightroom library lives on my uh, network attached storage device. So none of that's locally on the drive, but that's up to like 500 gigabytes because just because. Well, where does where does that get backed up? We're not going to talk about that. Oh, that's see, th- see, th- that's I I knew all this was too good to be true. Damn it! Oh, that's, anything, that's anything cra- I anything I want to see again. That's I, I've, crazy. I've published online. Oh, that's that's insane. If there's if there's one thing that you need to have redundant backup on, it's your photo library. Eh, I don't need it. I mean. The photos aren't that good. Oh, that's oh my god, that's that's horrific. I'm I'm literally hanging my head in shame. You should be. But uh, this is where you know, like in Arrested Development, where they play the the sad Charlie Brown song. This is we we should insert that here. How dare you compare me to Michael Sarah? Oh, he deserved to be for not backing up your photos online. He's the worst. Um, well, you one could argue you're the worst. Because here's the thing, like, uh, well, here's something not to complicate. Well, actually, no, let me complicate your decision. There's an app I used to really like um, called ARC, A-R-Q. So this allows you to either use, um, so it does really uh, standards compliant R-Sync backups to uh, whatever you want. You can either do it to to Dropbox, Google Drive, OneDrive, uh, Amazon S3, um, 
Amazon Glacier, Google Nearline Storage. So it allows you to back up gigantic amounts of data for really cheap prices. And uh, most of those service providers only charge you to retrieve the data. So that actually might be what I do. I might start using Arc again and just back it up to uh, Amazon Glacier. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That, that, damn it, that is a wake-up call. Let me add that to OmniFocus. Yeah. Back up your photos, dummy. <laughs> okay. All right. So n- now that we've, I think, I think we've pu- sh- publicly shamed you enough there. Um, um, <laughs> with this show, it might as well be private. Yeah. Boom. Ooh. Hmm. I'm just um, kidding. Um, so this next topic is a surprising one because it's a, And also, none of these are in order. <laughs> oh, well, we're going Skip in order. Well, then no, we we got then I got to rearrange this because we got to move the model three up. No, we'll say we'll save it for the end. Okay. Um. So this is a gaming topic. But but have you downloaded it? No, I have not. So th- so th- there's nothing to talk about here because I downloaded it, made a very close approximation of me, uh, because he he looks, uh, not angry but not happy. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that does describe you pretty well. Yeah, I'm I'm not. <laughs> Wow, oh, I feel I feel like I feel like we've had a breakthrough on this show. No, I explained that <laughs> I explained that to the lady friend, and she's like, "Yep." Yeah, no, I I I, I would have, I have the same reaction. I, yes. Well, let me. Uh, I think I got I got my dude. Let me. Uh, well, so what? Well, so what? What are you, what are we talking about here? To tell the people what what this is. So do you remember, um, like a year and a half ago, when Nintendo had this like quasi like groundbreaking news that they were finally going to develop something for like some mobile game or something for ios yeah so they had they had signed an agreement with dna uh, a mobile publisher and or mobile developer i guess who was going to help them um put out you know actual legitimate mobile titles so do you know if this is through them or is that something else I believe that this is through them, yes. Okay. So they ended up making something which is not an iOS exclusive. Uh, I checked it. It's actually available on Android as well. Um, it's called Tomo, And apparently it's just uh, you create Miis like you would on uh, the Nintendo Wii back when everybody bought one for Wii Bowling and then forgot about it. And it's like a Nintendo proprietary social network, maybe? Question mark? Okay. Don't ask me. I I don't game, and also I don't join every social network. I all I all I saw is I can make a, a dude that looks vaguely like me, who dresses like he uh, eats nothing but vanilla ice cream and saltines. <laughs> so, yeah, I briefly heard about sort of how the game or game in air quotes, I guess, worked, and I just nothing about it sounded remotely interesting to me yeah and it's not terribly interesting to me either because i I don't want to cultivate a whole new social network on something else that nobody will i i I guess i'll be negative on the show that most people like this this probably won't stick i think like it actually seems to be getting a lot of reviews and a lot of users um and interest at at the start but from what i can gather is it's mainly just something where like it asks you random questions and then your Tomo dude just kind of speaks them to other people when they visit your empty apartment that you can furnish through virtual currency. Hmm. So this doesn't this doesn't appeal to any of any of my things. 
I didn't play Farmville. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not spending virtual money on I'm totally willing to spend money on games, but not not this way. Apparently, I have uh, three thousand two hundred forty-five uh, virtual coins already. Well, what can you do with those coins? Um, I can, I can, I can get three months of Apple Music for it. <laughs> uh, pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> so. I do have to pat myself on the back for that. That was that was, that was yeah. No, we'll, we'll we'll pause for we'll pause for effect there. Yeah. So that that's all I had on it. I, I, it was in, I don't know. Like I, maybe I'm just a sucker, or or I'm thinking short term, or really selfishly. But kind of all I want is something that's just Mario for for iOS, and I'd pay twenty dollars for it. I th- I think they'll get there. And I mean, I they, think they'll get there as a it. last resort, though. Yeah. Like if like it wants to because. Is is the like I think we've talked about this vaguely before, but like is the Wii U, is that it? Like is that their next gen strategy, or was that like a stopgap? Like what's what's their deal? They're they're likely coming out with a new console this year. Uh, so can you does it have a code name? Because literally I've heard nothing about it, and I'm usually at least vaguely in like there's usually a crossover between like the technology news that I see and gaming. I've heard nothing about it. Yeah, so this the the code name that's been floating around is the NX, the Nintendo NX. And the the biggest theme that seems to be um what this thing's going to be focused on is being both a home console that connects to your TV, but then also a mobile console. So it'll basically be Ugh. a Wii and a DS all in one. Uh, yeah, it it seems kind of impossible to pull like. I can off. understand the appeal of it, but that sounds like that's just going to be super not good. Kind of sounds like a Microsoft Surface, am I right? Mm-hmm, thank you. I can see. I can do it too. That's, no compromises. Mm, that, <laughs> that's right. That uh, is right. Um. Now I'm sad. About you, about what your backup strategy? No, Nintendo. No, oh. poor them. Damn it. Um. Mm-hmm. All of this did remind me though. Do you remember when it was called the Nintendo Revolution forever, and then everybody lost their minds when it was called the Wii? Yeah, I do. Good times. It's a dumb name. <laughs> I'm not sure it is, because Wii and me, like that, that worked, and Wii Mote was fun did, to say. Did it though, or did Wii Sports work? It all worked. It was all the same damn thing. It came with it. It was the same thing. Yeah, but I think it, I guess it was successful in spite of its name, not because of its name. Yeah, maybe. Everybody loves virtual bowling. The Revolution was a better name. Yeah. Um, and here's a uh, uh, straight topic. Here's one other thing that I forgot to send you from the Apple store. Uh, apparently, there's a, there's a Wiimote strap for your Apple TV remote. There is, yeah. Why? <laughs> In case you get in case you get very angry, I don't know. Like, because it doesn't have an accelerometer in it, so there's no. Because I thought the Wii Mote strap, the whole point of it was that you don't fling it at your TV because people kept breaking their TVs. So, so what what is the point of this? Because like, is anybody gonna like? They're like, oh, I'm going in the kitchen. I don't want to lose my remote, and they just wear it. <laughs> no, <I> think, <laughs> who is this for? I think it is for for people who feel like they well, because you can use it as a gaming controller. With some of the motion stuff, but but again, like does like are you flinging it at the TV? Is that the thing? 
I guess so. I haven't really played a game on my Apple TV. Also, this is $13. Does this tie the MagSafe 2 adapter as the cheapest thing Apple sells? I think the MagSafe 2 adapter is $10. Ooh. All right. I love that this just connects into the lightning port. That's No, I know. It just has really strong teeth in it. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, man. All right. Pretty good. All right. I'll let you go somewhere next. So the next topic is uh, iPhone little-known features. Again, you, you, have to, you have to be engaged. You can't just read my notes because these are supposed to be notes for me. Oh, I, I, I can and I, and I am. Well, th- then you, you guide this topic because tell me where it's going. Why? Well, I don't know. It's your topic. This is going to be a disappointing show for everybody. <laughs> um, let's talk about little-known Apple <laughs> iPhone features. Oh, well, what a wonderful idea. Uh, no, this goes back to you. You mentioned uh, earlier in the week that um, you never knew about the uh, you, force, uh, you force press on the keyboard to move the cursor around. Yeah, I, I I feel like a total idiot for not finding the one and only thing that's uh, that the iPhone's pressure sensitive screen is useful for. Yeah, so that that's basically it. <laughs> is that like when you? I don't know. Like it it has the same level of unreliability that most force touch gestures or three D touch. Which which what 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 is it called on the watch and what's it called on the phone? It's force touch on the watch and it's three D touch on the phone. Okay, when you're 3D touching your 6S, they got to fix all this. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. I'm resetting because it's a positive show. Okay. When you... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do, you, do, you need, do you need a minute? Should we, should we pause for a sponsor read? Yeah, tell me about something you like. <laughs> is it sponsored by Clash Plan? Or is, it, or is it sponsored by no backup at all and me, and me crying when my house goes up in flames and eight years of photos are gone? That, that God, we, oh, I'm, I'm still thinking about that a little bit. It's going to take so long to upload. Yeah, but it's, I'm on Comcast. It, but it's so worth it. God, just the, oh, that's, you of all people. What, what does that mean? I, I, I respect you and I think that you're very smart technologically. So combining those two opinions of you and then the result being that you're being incredibly irresponsible with your your backup. It's it's in raid 1. <laughs> That's if if a hard drive fails I'm covered. If I get robbed I'm not, but <laughs> yeah, if basically anything else other than just a one hard drive failing happens, you're not covered. Yeah. I guess the problem for me is that because I shoot in raw because I think for some reason I'm ever rushing to go back and edit my photos cuz I'm a dummy. I, I backing the I the concept of me like anytime I go take a whole bunch of photos that I empty out like a, a 32 gigabyte SD card that's almost like all the way full like that just 25 megabytes a picture just seems not worth backing up but it just it just seamlessly happens in the background when you're not using your network yeah you don't have to think uh, about it uh, okay Apple, Apple, Wiimote. Hold on, where were we at? Three, force touching. Um, well, I thought I thought when I saw this topic in the outline, you had some great list of little known iPhone features that you're not, not share at all. With Again, that's, that's that's why this this is not for you. These are my own notes, so we don't get awkward pauses. Huh. Oh, well, we just we you know, we edit all those out anyway. I would never know. You you wouldn't. Um. So yeah. Anyway, this this key features. Yeah, you just you you three uh, D touch on the keyboard. 
and then it uh, moves the cursor around. But yeah, it's it's unreliable, and I, for the most part, except for one issue, I don't have a problem with uh, the little uh, the loop coming up. One problem I do have, and I've I've been meaning to ask you this, is do you end up with an issue where sometimes you will select something, uh, just like a, a small bit of text on a web page, and you can't for the life of you get the little black thing on top to get the uh, options of what to do with the text? Not not only with web pages, but also I had this problem yesterday morning in Evernote. It seems to be just a system-wide issue with the copying and paste function, whatever whatever we call that now in iOS. It's nuts because like I, I will I will do it and I will precisely select whatever I wanted. And then no matter where I tap, whether it's on the left edge, the right edge, in the middle, or whatever, it doesn't bring up the damn little what can I do with this text thing? And then it just eventually it unselects it and then I have to do it again and then eventually it works. Right. And then when then when it does work, it seems like you didn't do anything differently. And I'm like, I'm like hey, okay, it's it's not broken. Maybe I'm wrong. Except I'm not wrong ten times a week. Well you well, except for if you include your wrongness about your backup solution. Oh, that's fine. I I've come to peace with that. Mm, no, except you haven't. I'll fix it tomorrow. No, actually, I, I'm I'm glad that conversation happened. Mm, I am too. No, because it, it's it's yeah. It's important. because no, I I am very careful and uh, particular, and I plan many things. But yeah, that that's uh, that definitely speaks to some half-assedness in in an oversight in my policy. Okay, well, your your apology's not been accepted yet. I didn't apologize to you. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm giving myself the the right to to be disappointed with myself. <laughs> Um, and that's, uh, the, hmm. well, actually in that case, let me, let me, uh, you, you tell me something that, that you think maybe people don't know on the iPhone. And, cause I, cause I got a couple of these. They still haven't taken my idea of back when I, uh, uh I have my reserved thumb area on my iPhone home screen. That's ridiculous, but no, it, it's, it's exactly purposeful or it, it justified. Hmm. They still haven't stolen my idea. Uh, it's, it's still free to them of, uh, being able to force touch in that um in that open space and what did i say it should do bring up spotlight or or it should bring up the multitasking view i i probably just ignored the rest of what you had said when you told me that because i was just so infuriated by the fact that that blank space existed reserved thumb space oh yeah yeah no that was it so you you force uh your you 3d touch in the the reserved thumb space and it brings up control center they should really steal that. Would you not leave an empty app icon space if you could not have to do the thing where you swipe up like four times just because Control Center doesn't want to come up? I, I would not. Dead to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you do you have any? Uh... Well, so I think so. My my, it's not really a feature so much as it is just like a, a workflow. But I. I, you 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 got me onto this, which is using Spotlight more. Oh as, yeah, as like basically an app launcher, mm-hmm. and that that does work really well. It does, just cause no matter because that's the problem. Like I think it, you disagree with my theory that you should have one home screen. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure you actively disagree with it. You just don't bother to adopt it, right? But um, yeah, like just when you have stuff in folders and you have stuff on multiple home screens. Like you, your your top things have to go on the home screen, but other than that, um, no. Spotlight's way easier, even if you know which folder it's in. You just you just do the little swipe down, and uh, and this coupled with, um, I think we've talked about this in the past, but just the the app called Launcher, which allows you to embed a uh, notif or a Today Center, whatever it's called, Today Widget, and you get to 
put the app shortcuts you want most. And I find that most useful for being inside of an app, being able to pull down Notification Center and jump right into 1Password, and also my two-factor authentication app. I think that is a enormous time saver and not super hacky. Yeah, la- Launcher really is great. It, you just got to, the half the battle is remembering that it exists. Yeah, that's true. Um, and actually, well, do you want to tell uh, tell the folks because I you admit I don't remember when you when you talked about this, but you uh, just recently found out the uh, forward slash trick in uh, Fantastical. Oh yeah, so there there are commands essentially that you can you, forward slash commands in Fantastical. The one that I came across was you had commented a while back that there didn't seem to be any way to. Uh, through the kind of quick natural uh, language entry, calendar entry, pick which calendar you wanted the event to go on, when in fact you can use a forward slash command to do just that. And that's pretty, pretty darn neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember I was, I, I like spent like six months searching for that and, and I stumbled on a FAQ that finally mentioned that. Because no, that's, that seemed like when you didn't know it was there, that that was a big oversight in their system. Because who just has one calendar? Right. Um, and I think I had one, uh, one last one. But... No, I already talked about Thunderscapes last week. So no, I'm good. Okay. Um, do you feel like you've got enough to say about the HP Spectre? I do. Oh, I do. Oh, okay. I thought that we might skip over this one. But... Have, have, you, have you looked at that computer? Yes. Okay. So we've, we've, we've talked at length about how I'm not a big fan of The Verge. It it started out with as do you remember back when it was called This Is My Next? I do, and it was fantastic because it was it was super focused and they had good scoops and they had great reviews and it was just it was good. Yeah, yeah, it it was fine. Okay, um, it, it was something that wasn't in Gadget and like they were doing something new and then like the first like maybe year of the Verge it it was good but then it got a little it got a little nuts. So they they published a, a story uh, on this new uh, HP uh, is it Scepter or Spectre? Where where's the P? Spectre, thirteen inch, which is supposed to be like their high ish end of, uh, of of PC laptops or Ultrabooks. I don't know if are they do people does Intel still try to force people to call them Ultrabooks? I haven't heard that in a while. All right, so the Ultrabook is dead. Okay. So the the headline was the Spectre 13 is HP's attempt to out Apple or out design Apple, and that HP claims to have the world's thinnest laptop. I I, I didn't I actually don't have a lot to say here other than it is ugly as hell. Like it, uh, it, it one of the highlight quotes in here, and and I will we'll t- maybe we'll talk about this another time, but I, I don't like the trend that every website has taken after the verge of highlighting a quote that you either are about to read or just read because if you actually read the article it's super distracting and annoying i really don't like that espn does that a lot too and it's ugh. it's the worst mm-hmm. and i'm I, i'm pretty sure the virgin invented it but these hinges like it it has these weird really weird and gaudy and tacky chrome accents especially on the hinge and it's it's just a hideous computer. No matter how thin or good the computer is, I don't understand how anybody in their right mind can say this is out-designing Apple or even Microsoft or, or or Dell. Like the Dell XPS 13, 
Like if I had to buy a Windows computer, I think that probably unseats uh, like the Lenovo X1 from that top spot. But like this is this is one of the ugliest computers I've ever seen. Yeah, and so you know, the, the Verge actually tries to answer a question that I had, which is so the 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 Spectre is ten point four millimeters thick versus like the MacBook, which is thirteen point two. And they ask the question, like, how much of a difference can, does that really make? And all they do is talk about how visually it looks a lot thinner. But it, it just functionally, three millimeters, like, what's, what's the point? There isn't one. Hmm. I mean, honestly, like, I, I don't think there's an issue with the size of the 13-inch Mac, Retina MacBook Pro that I have. If it were a little bit lighter, that'd be cool. But thinner, nah, I'm good. Like that, that computer's probably the perfect size in terms of like the battery life that I get. Like I, I legitimately get eight to 10 hours of hard work on that. Something I never got on my 15 inch. And it's, it's pretty great. But just the, the hinge on this and that it comes in gold and that it, it just looks like all those electronics that you remember, do you remember like just what, this, this looks, mm. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm angry now. Very, you're very upset. It just doesn't look good, and the fact that like the Verge would give any credibility to the fact that this is out designing Apple. Yeah. All right. So, on on that note, since we're talking about uh, like traditional computers, I I I've come to the realization that I really really need and want Touch ID for a Mac laptop. Do you agree? Oh, I agree a thousand percent. Why do you think this isn't like, because this doesn't ever really seem to be in the rumor mill and it doesn't seem to be something that I hear other people talk about. And I understand it might be slightly more difficult to implement on a desktop Mac, but why, why don't you think this is a thing that people ask for frequently? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, there have been people who have thrown out the idea of some type of touch id sensor underneath the trackpad on a on a macbook but but yeah i I, mean, I guess in general people just don't really speculate a lot about macs yeah i mean that's probably true i mean just because most most of the rumor mill like all that stuff centers around the iphone but i yeah i i, I think touch id has been one of the most important things to come out on uh on ios devices and that's slowly worked its way into the higher end android stuff like the 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 um, the fingerprint reader on like the Galaxy Note 5 and the S7 is pretty decent. The new LG G5 is is, is not bad. Like so that is coming to to other devices, but like and in Windows computers uh have had really shoddy, but they've existed. Uh fingerprint readers built into them. I I just think that's something that should hopefully come to OS 10. I think that would make it far easier for people to have more complicated passwords for their computers. That'd be more secure, that'd make it easier for them to turn on file vault by default which if apple wants to take this um kind of title as like the most secure computing company or somebody that's super into protecting their customers like this is another way to make that easier and it would be really convenient to just be able to unlock one password with like resting your finger on the trackpad or on on something so i'm i'm super uh hopeful that this uh becomes a thing and the more proprietary and somewhat locked down nature of OS X would probably make this easier than than anything else. Agreed. All right. 
So eh, we're running a little long, or we're we're we still got some stuff to cover. So do you want to briefly talk about the because this is this is all you? Uh, so apparently the NFL made a deal with Twitter to post game updates. No, so the this these are actual games. So for a while there's been a rumor that um, the NFL was going to shop the streaming rights for Thursday night football. So that's become a thing over the last couple of seasons now is. I think it's actually up to now every Thursday during the regular season, there's a game. Uh, And there had been some rumors that, you know, like Apple was involved, Facebook at one point, uh, Google. And it ended up being someone who I don't think really many people saw coming, Twitter. And the deal's interesting for, you know, a few reasons. The obvious ones being that Twitter's never really done live video like this before. I mean, they have Periscope, but this is something obviously very different. They, according to this Recode article that I had sent to you, evidently offered less than what some of the other companies bidding for this were, but... They and if NFL still decided to to go this route, which is really interesting. Um, they apparently paid less than ten million dollars for for the entire package, which I don't know strikes me as being very very low with a, with a sport like the NFL, where and the record article cites this, where you know like the 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 deal with um, CBS and NBC to broadcast these Thursday night games on TV is over 450 million. Uh, so it's the, the number, the number seems kind of odd. And then the other thing that seems really strange, I guess two, two more things. One is that Twitter is basically just going to be rebroadcasting the CBS or NBC feed of the game. So in terms of advertising, they're they're really just regurgitating whatever CBS and NBC has sold through. Well, would they? Because it anytime I've seen um, either uh, a game on ESPN or uh, you listen to a game on uh, MLB at bat, they strip out the the advertisements and either resell their own inventory or have like dead air. Well, so th- this record, are, I mean, I guess we'll we'll learn more about this deal. I'm sure over the coming days and weeks, but um, this record article simply says Twitter will be rebroadcasting the CBS and NBC feeds of the game and will have the rights to sell a small portion of the ads associated with each game. Gotcha. Okay. So it looks like that was part of the deal. Yeah. But then I guess, so the last thing is the NFL also has a deal with Verizon, which gives them the exclusive right mobile rights to NFL games so I, I'm I'm unclear as to if this means that this is just going to be on the web, or if somehow this will remain consistent with the Verizon deal. I I, I don't know how that's going to work. I would like for Twitter's sake, it I I because I assume most of their engagement is not on the web, or not on like traditional desktop like computing. It's it's almost all mobile. So, hmm. Like, this makes very little sense to me. Like, uh, last season or, or uh, last winter, 
uh, Facebook made a big thing where they made like I, I'm sure you saw this where they did like game specific kind of like anytime anybody in your friends uh, newsfeed posts would post about a specific game, if you tapped on it, it <clears throat> would dump you into kind of this like custom uh, score and game summary view where it tried to aggregate anybody who you know that was talking about the game as well as like noted commentators posting to Facebook. Like that seems to make sense. And I understand that a lot of sports talk and things happens on Twitter, but does Twitter think it's going to be a place where people go to watch long form video content? I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, and maybe I did really bury the lead with the story because yeah, I agree. That is sort of the main question here is why did they do this? What, what, what value do they really feel is being derived from a deal like this? Like if they made a deal or something where uh, Twitter tweets and uh, like at usernames and things were more heavily embedded into television broadcasts to try to make a more like structured approach to like trying to drive engagement, uh, I think that makes sense. And, and that would be a good or maybe a better use of Twitter's money. But I don't like because there was also a story last year uh, where uh, Yahoo got to uh, broadcast uh, probably like a low rated matchup uh, between like the Bengals and somebody else, but they were able to stream uh, an entire football game. But that kind of makes sense. But uh, a microblogging service, I don't see where that does. I, I don't either. And I, I think it just sort of screams desperation like it seems like twitter doesn't really have a direction anymore and it's it's just kind of flailing around trying to i don't know appease investors or show that it's doing things interesting i don't i actually don't really even know what it's trying to prove but it just it doesn't seem consistent at all with the rest of the platform yeah yeah, this would have made a lot more sense if it was Facebook, but... Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. All right, last biggie. Uh, Tesla Model 3. Yes. So when's yours arrive? <laughs> Probably 2022 would be would be my guess. Uh, so, yeah, so th- this is the long-awaited reveal of uh, Tesla's Model 3. This is the... $35,000 before tax incentive vehicle, the, the mass market vehicle for Tesla. They've teased this for years, and they finally had their big reveal last Thursday. And along with the reveal, which we'll get to, they had this kind of crazy pre-order process where the event itself where the car was shown publicly didn't happen until 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. But what they were allowing people to do is at 8.30 a.m., so 12, you know, 12 hours earlier in the day, but even earlier than that because it was 8.30 a.m. local time in whatever region you were in, people could go to their physical Tesla location and pre-order one of these cars. So they were doing so without ever even seeing the car. And, you know... It, it's on one hand that's kind of crazy, but then on the other hand, all the pre-order process is is a form that you fill out, and then you, in kind of air quotes, put down a thousand dollar deposit. And the reason the air quotes are there is because it's it's a fully refundable deposit that can be refunded at any time. So you're not 
not really putting any skin into the game. But hundreds of thousands of people did this. By the time that they showed the car at the event, reservations were, I think, over 110,000. And then by the end of the event, they were, it was like 200,000. Um, because then in addition to the, the, the physical in-store pre-ordering process, an hour before the event started, so 7.30 p.m. Pacific time, people could then start pre-ordering online. Um, which then I guess takes us to the actual event, which was short. It was less than half an hour. It was largely to the point. But ultimately, it didn't really reveal a ton about the car. They showed the exterior. They did also briefly show the interior. They let some folks go around on a, in, in a brief test drive. But we didn't really learn a lot about it. And already, Elon Musk has gotten out there teasing that this was just part one of the reveal and that there's going to be a big part two of the reveal closer to when the car goes into production, supposedly near the end of next year. So I, I, I guess what I have to say about it is it looks, the, the car looks very nice. I think in a lot of ways it looks, I think they've learned a lot from the Model S. They didn't go nuts with it in terms of like uh, the the ridiculous way the model uh, the Model X looks like. So the Model Three looks like a it, it looks like a, a a lower end luxury sedan. It looks nice. Um, the interior is far more subdued uh, than the than the Model S, and it looks it looks good. Um, but it seems it is it. Am I right? And I haven't researched this very thoroughly. But it does it is it missing a dashboard? Or or miss it missing uh, like a, a instrument cluster. So this is the the big thing is that there's no traditional dash on the interior. There's just a simple steering wheel and then a I think it's a thirteen or fourteen inch display, and that's it. So no no other dials anything. Um, but so here's the thing. So I, I think my my theory is that. The in the the interior of the car really only makes sense under one set of circumstances, and that's this thing basically is going to drive itself. So I I think what part two of the reveal is going to be is something along the lines of autopilot 2.0, which is going to be basically end to end self driving. I can't really see any other scenario where an interior like this without any sort of display or dash rather makes sense so does that is that something that's i I don't want to use in-app purchase but um is this something that comes included for the thirty-five thousand dollars? because i've heard it floated that uh there are additional autopilot features that are that might be paid unlocks is that anything that you've heard, or is that is that plausible? So I yeah. So the, they've said that the hardware necessary for autopilot will come standard with every Model Three, but I, I think this even works. I think it works this way in the Model S, where the hardware is there, but in order to actually be able to use the autopilot features, you do have to pay some type of fee, and it, it basically is just sort of like a software unlock. So it could work. It could work that way, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. 
The only other idea that I had about the interior, which I, I got from a coworker, was maybe it's not full end-to-end self-driving. Maybe there'll be some type of really unique, like heads-up display that they incorporate, and that's why it doesn't have a traditional dash. That's probably more likely, just because um, full. Because I don't think legally the the needle is going to move on allowing fully autonomous vehicles will happen in 18 months. Yeah. I think, I yeah. think that's the far bigger thing, but no, the, the heads up display is seems like, uh, that actually seems like the correct answer. Yeah, maybe. All right. Give, give your uh, coworker a pat on the back. That, yeah. That's, 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 that's smart. Right. Yeah. Like, because right now, like doesn't California, like they've only issued like 150, like test licenses to people. I don't think in a in a year and a half they're gonna allow everybody to have their uh, gigantic Roombas going around. Yeah, that, that the true. You sound so deflated. Like you thought I know. I thought you were gonna have your own electric self driving car in two years. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, may, and maybe it won't be like end to end, but maybe it'll be close. I don't know. Yeah. Um. But I. So I did. I did again in air quotes pre-order one of these things um i had kind of a weird experience where the website of course was being i, I wasn't i was i wasn't at home during the event i didn't get home till 10 30 11 o'clock that evening but then when i came home i it tried to do it and the website kept crashing uh eventually it it looked like it went through like i got a confirmation page but i never received an email my credit card was never charged um and it, I waited a full 24 hours. Nothing happened still. So on Saturday morning, I did it again and, you know, instantly got an email confirmation. Credit card was charged right away. So lost a day in the, in the queue, but oh, well. It's going to end up being six months. Well, I mean, so then the other really weird thing about the process is that your the time of your reservation matters but they're also rolling this out region by region well aren't they also prioritizing anybody who did it like in a physical location well they they are but again it's only it it it, it it's primarily region based first so even if you so like the, technically speaking the people who pre-ordered first were people in their australia locations because those were the stores that opened first. But they've come out and said that they're going to be rolling it out geographically, where they're going to start in the U.S., and specifically they're going to go from west to east in the U.S. Damn right. And then, <laughs> and then go into other territories. So the, then they haven't really come out and been 100% clear about this, but people's understanding is that you know, even if you're someone who ordered maybe a little bit later, but you live in California, you're going to get your car first before someone even in like New York. The way it should be. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, this thing, it, this thing's so far out, it's going to get delayed a bunch. I mean, it's not even, I don't know, it's not even worth thinking about that stuff yet. Uh, vaguely related. What, do, you know, what's, do you know what the, um, the most recent estimated valuation of Uber is? I, I do not. Okay. Could Uber buy Tesla? I don't know. So Tesla's market cap is $36.25 Like, because if, if, 
uh, Uber needs an all-electric self-driving fleet. And I know they're doing their own research, but... Yeah, maybe. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm glad that they're able to that they're going to be the ones that deliver on the promise of mass market electric cars that are um, that are all electric and viable for most people to have before one of the incumbent automakers got like caught up. Right. I'm kind of glad that they're getting that uh, that title. Yeah, because because the, the Volt was kind of a mess. And the the leaf and that kind of stuff; those are all pretty meh. Right. They're making uh, an elect an all electric car that looks like a car people want. Yeah, it, it's it's very nice. The I guess the other notable feature, other than the interior, for me is it's got it. it so with the, with the Model X, there there was this cool thing where it, it's like a solid piece of glass from the windshield through the sunroof, mm-hmm. and this takes that to the next level where it's a solid piece of glass. All the way from the windshield to the back of the car, so so half the cost of the car is this <laughs> yeah. Don't really understand how that's going to work, like on a hot sunny day, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward uh, to borrowing yours. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, you caught up on Better Call Saul? I am. Even including this week's, I am. Okay. Do that first or picks of the week? We can do that first, yeah. Okay. Let's take lead. It's really darn good. I feel like we start every recap with that, but man, that show's good. Yeah, I I I, I don't want to go through and just recap everything, but it's it, it's good. I I'm, I'm interested in every single part of the story. And I, I like they've they've broken off the um uh hhm and kim storyline into its own thing which is like stands on its own beyond jimmy which i like jimmy has his own affairs of what he's trying to sort out and he's in spoilers he's like so he's making his his own joint venture sort of with kim as a sole uh, law practitioners under the same roof uh he got himself fired from his uh davis and maine corporate job that he uh we weren't really sure why he took in the first place kim's getting out of hhm and it uh, mike is still interesting as hell they're setting up a good storyline for kind of what's going on there and how he falls deeper into his situation it's all just very good it's in, it's insanely good particularly this episode or what we like i just watched tonight or whatever the um yeah fifi one yeah and i think the way you started that is is a key, which is almost every other show has either characters or storylines that you really just could care less about. Every time they come up, you're like, oh, just come on, let's go. And this this show, everybody and every storyline is super interesting and well thought out. I can't think of another show that's quite like that. Yeah, I mean, Breaking Bad. Um, uh, true, yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, like, you have, you have shows like The West Wing where, like, the whole, all the President Bartlett stuff. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 actually, he was, in a lot of ways, kind of the the least interesting part of that, but. Well, and that's, that's how the show was originally conceived. Yeah, but I totally meant that as a joke, but yeah, naturally, yeah. now that I think of it, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else that, that's that consistently interesting, because even on an episode where not a lot happens, I'm still 
completely enthralled in, in, in multiple parts of it for, for different reasons. And I, I still come out very entertained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, only two more episodes left this season. Ugh. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you, uh, are you a uh, watch the previews person? No. Okay. Good. I am not yet. I still have to watch the previews, but anyway. So, so question for you. So, so the Mike storyline with, um, who? The Salamancas. Yeah. It, so do you think, is, is, is this ultimately going to result in the elder Salamaca? Is this how he's going to end up in a wheelchair? Do you think? I'm not sure before the season's over, but, uh, it's got to go that way. Do you, do you think, do you think Mike is the one who does it to him? Uh, not enough information to answer the question. Like, do do you think he's going to attack him or injure him in some? No, way? no, I I don't know. Oh, I I don't think we've been given enough to to make an educated guess on that. Because I because I don't know what the circumstances of that would be. Because I don't think he really has much of an allegiance to uh, is his name Nacho. Yes. Okay. Just make yeah. I'm pretty sure that was it. Um and. I'm I'm sure he everybody knows that uh, Tuco is 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 nuts. So yeah, I I don't I don't think he has a big allegiance to either of them. I don't think he really has anything. Well, he probably has a little bit of of something against. Um, is it Hector? Yeah, Hector Salamanca. But yeah, I don't know yet. But I it's it's gonna be good. Yeah, the the, the Mike stuff continues to be not more interesting than jimmy but definitely as interesting interesting in a different way and also interesting in a way where very little can and can be said and actually happens but there's just so much that's like implied and just unstated that's just fantastic yeah and man the the intro to this week's episode so so cool that that's what i'm talking about the best yeah like that's the thing. Like that. That's like a a seven minute like little miniature movie. Like not that that would be like a Pixar short or something. But like if that happened before, like a movie I wanted to watch, I would be happy of having just paid like twelve dollars for that. Yeah, it was really good. Good music too. Want that as a ringtone? <laughs> yeah, the mu- the mu- music was really good. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Because again, yeah, just dissecting like the actual like what what happened. This is, watch the show. It, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, want to round this out with picks of the week? I do. You or me first? I can go first. Okay. Um, so this is um, so the the makers of Fantastic Cal are they Flexi Bits? Is that how you pronounce yes, them? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Or I don't, I don't know, but that's how I pronounce okay. it in my head. So uh, Fantastic Cal two point two came out uh, about uh, five six days ago now, and they added native Exchange server support which as someone who has their exchange base work calendar in Fantastical, I was pretty, pretty darn excited about. And then I should say this is for uh, OS X. Uh, previously, the way that that version worked was it just basically relayed the cal- it, it basically just sucked in um, calendar information from your system-wide calendars in, in OS X. But now you can enter your exchange credentials right into Fantastic Cal, which then blows out a bunch of additional 
features that you can um, utilize, like checking people's availability, etc. Right in Fantastical. And unfortunately, when I installed version 2.2, my Exchange server wouldn't work. It just was giving me this really funky error. And I thought... Because Go ahead. I, I say I thought it was going to be because of some security restriction or something through my my company's exchange server. So, but I but I emailed Flexibit support, you know, just on a on a whim. It's like, eh, you know, maybe maybe they'll have something for me. Within like fifteen minutes, I get a response back saying, "Oh, hey, you know, um, give this version of the software a try." And it was still version two point two, but it was a slightly different build. I installed it, and boom, corrected, and it, it, hmm. it instantly worked. And I emailed back saying, "Like, hey, like, what's what's the the story here?" And they said, "Oh, you know, we this was a known issue with two point two that we just uh, found out about. This version or this build uh, corrects that." And sure enough, it it worked great. So my my pick of the week is Flexibit's awesome customer support slash Fantastical two point two. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that works. I, I'm bummed that I don't get to use it just because we have different device security requirements, which is what I thought would immediately be it. Because a lot of right. applications say they support Exchange, but they usually don't unless your company has zero security enabled. Well, and so like an example of that for me is that I cannot use Outlook on iOS. Oh yeah, because because the way that works is it it cache it gets all the mail filters it through Microsoft servers, and then sends push notifications, which for most companies is a complete no-go. Yeah, we're including mine. Which which makes sense. Yeah, it does. But yeah, that's a bummer. I'm, I'm sure mine still wouldn't work with this, but yeah. But yeah, that's good. Um, I've uh, Fantastical for Mac hasn't stuck for me. Oh, I, I love it. It's, 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 the, it's the mini window view. Like having that just constantly open throughout the day gives so much information has the quick entry field right there at the top. It's it's perfect. Hmm. Not 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 to say that you're wrong, but for me, like the only two uh, knocks against it would be that for me, most of my uh, like I, most everything happens through the OmniFocus uh, forecast window anyway. When I'm figuring out my day, and also with um, I don't know if it's still the case, but with uh, Fantastical, if you exit out like it it doesn't run in the background yeah yeah those are those are break it features for me okay but no but on on ios it's perfect and on the mac i can totally see it, its appeal it's steeply priced but it they make great software mm-hmm. and apparently awesome customer service yes all right my my pick of the week um I hope we didn't already talk about this, but uh, did we ever do a follow-up to my whole finding the perfect messenger bag thing my white whale thing we didn't no so my my the my white whale or my uh, the the solution to my problem my my tuna in a can was that I I went back to an old briefcase I had and that that was it. <laughs> so what what is this old briefcase? Uh, let me uh, send you a link. I think this is actually the one that um, uh, Am Malik uses. Uh, you'll you'll edit this out. Oh yeah, we'll we'll cut we'll cut all this out. Yeah, this is really hard to find. Usually Google knows exactly what I want. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll I'll find it, but it's um, there it is. So yeah, so it's it's a nice just uh leather briefcase. Oh, J- Jack Spade. Yeah, so I have it. I really like it. It comes with um, 
The reason uh, I didn't like it at first is that I, I guess when I first tried to use it, I had too much stuff. And then by nature of me getting a smaller messenger bag for the 13-inch MacBook Pro, I was forced to streamline what I carry with me. So now this actually is workable. And I do prefer not having to wear something on, on my back just because it doesn't uh, mess with my clothing because like a messenger bag will generally wrinkle a shirt really easily and just it's just kind of a mess. Um, so yeah, I like this one a ton. It fits uh, an iPad Air 2, uh, a 13-inch MacBook Pro, a pair of Bose QuietComfort headphones, a second phone, and a couple of other things pretty, uh, pretty neatly inside. Isn't very thick, isn't very heavy, and, and gets the job done. So I like it. It is a pain when you're trying to like hold a cup of coffee and, and use your phone at the same time. It becomes a little unwieldy, but um, overall, like it a ton. Yeah, did, does it have any shoulder straps or anything? It does. I just hate the way they work. Mm. Like, yeah, it totally does, but it just, like, my problem is that it still has the handles, and I think that just looks really awkward, and also I don't like the material that the the shoulder strap is made out of. Yeah, the the lady friend is a, a really big uh, Kate Spade fan, mm-hmm. so she she would highly approve of this. Yeah, I think it's a good look. This is not the exact same one I have. I think mine's probably discontinued because mine's in a, a lighter gray pattern. But um, yeah, big fan. Yeah, it's a sharp, sharp looking bag. Yep. I think that's all I got for this week. All right. I think think me too. All right. Go Giants. <laughs>